Live from the capital of the Commonwealth, this is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. Well, we were all over that one, weren't we? If you were with us at the end of the 4 o'clock hour, we were kind of predicting the order of stories on the ESPN Sports Center update. Matter of importance, the American League Championship Series Game 3, even with Max Scherzer coming back to action and pitching for the Rangers tonight, it was the last story. Christine snuck in there before her time was up at the top of the hour. But her rundown, as A.J. predicted, was Harden not showing up at Sixers camp, Richardson season-ending surgery for the Colts, and there was one more in there. The Jets uh, trading. Oh, for Hardman, yes, back to the Chiefs. And then the one she slid in there that I wasn't thinking about was the Trevor Lawrence uh, story. But they do play tomorrow night, right? They're the Thursday night game. So, yeah, what, uh, the Saints, right? Yeah, right, whether he'll play or not. So she she slipped that one in there. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, there's a baseball playoff game tonight. Uh, that will change if the Astros come back and find a way to beat Scherzer and get game three and make some kind of series out of this. I wouldn't count them out yet. They are the defending uh, Major League Baseball World Series champions. Uh, so don't count them out quite yet. But obviously, yeah, but, I mean, winning two on the road, I think it's like 85% of the time that team wins the series. I mean, mathematically, it kind of makes sense. But I wouldn't count the Astros out yet. And I will say this. It's not the commissioner's fault, Matt. But baseball does need like a six- or seven-game series here. It would really help them uh, in one of these two that they get it. I hope it's in the American League one because I just as soon see the National League one finish up as quickly as possible. But it does need that. And then, you know, I'm already looking ahead a little bit. I'll admit it. Uh, you know, a Texas-Philadelphia or a Texas or a Houston-Philadelphia um, series would be kind of cool. Obviously, you play the Astros, the defending champs, um, you know, all of the baggage from years gone by, all of that. You know, why not? Let's let's do it over again. I disagree with Matt in the fact that I think a Texas-Philadelphia World Series is going to be pretty good. Like, uh, as far as ratings. So, I don't know if we talked about this on the air or I just mentioned it to somebody. If it is Texas and Philadelphia, that will be back-to-back years that the World Series is the same as the first series of the year. Last year, Philadelphia opened with Houston in the regular season, and they wound up playing in the World Series. If it's Texas and Philadelphia this year, Philadelphia and Texas opened the season way back in late March, early April. How much of a coincidence is that for you right there? I don't know. I mean, you want to you want to get your best teams playing in the opener, I guess. I guess I, I think there was a little lack of rhyme or reason to those. Quite honestly, I'm not sure there was any great history or rivalry. I know there wasn't with Texas, and I mean Houston's been good obviously for a long time. Seven years now they've been in this in this position, but I don't know that there was any great connection to play Houston and Philadelphia to open. Well, 
last season. But also to my point, ratings. Like I look, I lived down there, man. I, I believe me, I wasn't that big of a baseball fan when I was living down there, and I thought I was in football country. But they love their Rangers. It, plenty of sports bars will have a crapload of Ranger games up over football games. That's great to hear, and you do. That is football country, by the way. Let's no, it let's truly be, is. But yeah, let, but they they love their Rangers. Good, and I hope the place is packed tonight, and I hope the joint is jumping, and all of that tonight down there. I think that that'll be great. But I just found it just mostly a coincidence that if Texas wins this thing, and if Philadelphia wins this thing, they I remember the season opener because I was worried. I'll, I'll be honest with you, right from the start of the year. I mean, the Rangers pounded the Phillies in those three games. I'm looking right now. I, it was 11-7, to and the Phillies had – that was a game the Phillies had like a 7 nothing lead in that first game with Zach Wheeler on the mound, and they lost 11-7. to And I'm like, what is going on here? I remember all the trash talk I gave you. And then, you know, the next game was 16-3. to The Rangers beat the Phillies. I'm guessing that was Nola. Uh, who did not have a great regular season, and it probably didn't start out very well. And So there you go, the Phillies' two aces. And again, I promise you weren't going to talk Phillies. We're talking Rangers, uh, just to prove my point here. Uh, the, the Phillies' two aces, who have been shut down, locked down, tremendous in the postseason, got absolutely shelled. And actually, I have it the other way around. Wheeler pitched the 16-3 to game that the Phillies lost in Game 2 of the season. So that must mean Nola. Yeah, Nola pitched game one. He was the, the number one back then and had a 7 nothing lead and blew it. Um, I'm just making sure I'm right about that. It was a great um, week at ESPN Richmond. I do remember. <laughs> 5 nothing lead. They were up 5 nothing going to the bottom of the fourth with Aaron Nola on the mound, and the Rangers scored nine runs in the bottom of the fourth, and that was that. And they swept that series. They swept that three-game series over the Phillies. The third game, this is typical baseball, right? You go 11-7, to you go 16-3. to Any guess what the third game score was, AJ? 8-2. <laughs> um, like, yeah, I mean, much lower scoring, 2-1. to 2-1 oh, to uh-huh. one in the third game, yeah. Sounds like a soccer score, doesn't it? A high-scoring a high soccer score. Anyway, Rangers beat the Phillies 11-7, 16-3, and 2-1 to start the season, and they could wind up playing in the World Series. So I, I do think that's kind of cool. Does and that at all worry you? Because, I mean, I feel like that's no. a different Phillies team. Yeah, no, that doesn't that doesn't worry. I, that's just something for a sports talk show guy to talk about. And those games, absolutely meaningless at, at this point um, of the year. I just think it's interesting that that happened, and I do remember worrying – after those three games, like, are the Phillies not as good as we all thought they were? Or is this Texas team, you know, that nobody was probably talking about in late March and early April, maybe they're pretty good. And they turned out to be pretty good. They hit a little bit of a slide towards the end. Um, but they did turn out to be pretty good, as it turns out. And right now they're sitting in the driver's seat to head to the World Series. So kind of cool. And what, one more thing on scheduling. Uh, the schedule makers got to have a sense of humor. On this one, after the rival, and remember these schedules, Major League Baseball, if they do nothing else, they do this right. They get their next year's schedule out so early. I mean, people could plan, you know, literally a year year in advance, right? Because Major League Baseball's schedule for 2024 was out in like August of 2023, before this whole 
Philly Brave rivalry thing even escalated to where it did this year with the Orlando Arcia thing and the crowds back, all of that. But the Braves open next season in Philadelphia. You talk about rubbing salt into the wound. If the Phillies win the National League again, and if they win the World Series, my goodness, opening day in Philadelphia against the Braves, and they're unfurling the banner and handing out the rings in front of the Atlanta Braves. Good. That should fire them up. They should I, want that game. I was just going to say, that if that doesn't help that rivalry, particularly in the Braves' dugout, nothing will. Nothing will at all. So, yes, Braves at Phillies to open 2024. And, man, I hope that's what's happening when they when they throw out the first pitch in 2020. I just thought it was kind of funny that the Braves will be in Philadelphia to start the thing. Anyway. All right, that's how we start the uh, the 5 o'clock hour. So, yes, James Harden is sitting out. Bruce, <laughs> if you want to call and talk about it, you're more than welcome to do that. It's, it's not high on a Philly sports fan list today, I can tell you that much. Um, Richardson out for the year. I think we we pretty much had a hunch that was going to happen when we saw the injury um, that he sustained. So that's too bad because I think he was on his way to having a, a really good uh, rookie season for for he, Indianapolis. He looks good, but every time Garner Minshew plays, I feel like I'm watching one of those like '90s movies where a quarterback gets like brought out from the bar to play pro sports. And he succeeds, though. I know. Right? That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I think like he can succeed. Like, I liked him when he was at the Eagles. Like, he Mark great Wahlberg stars as Garner Mitchell. Like, I, <laughs> I love that guy. So it's like, if there's one guy that's on the bench, I want to see playing. It's him. No, it's not. It's Jacoby Brissett. Oh yeah, you know I, I I've told people that I I Sam Howell has been playing good. He's the one consistent thing on this team, in my opinion. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna lay off the Jacoby Brissett out of respect for what he has done. He's done very well. He's still got to work on getting rid of the ball. Too many quarterback sacks. The offensive line hasn't been great all for him. He's got some things to still work on. All right, but, but yes, is it all so- of his issues, things that we expect from rookie quarterbacks? Yeah. Like, uh, that's, yeah. I don't get why uh, no one's giving him that credit of like the things I'm seeing that is wrong with him is what we see in rookie quarterbacks. Yeah, and the things that he's doing well, he's probably playing a little beyond his years, actually, for them. So, all right. All right. Let's not get too far behind this hour because we have an important guest coming out. Let's tell you about that. And as we move ahead in the five o'clock hour of the sports huddle. These are this afternoon's top sports stories. I'm sure he'll be fascinated by all the uh, stories you have to tell. This is today's drive home headlines. Drive home headlines brought to you by James River Air. If you're not happy with your heating and cooling system, call James River Air. You'll get a free in-home consultation. Uh, more information available for you. All you got to do is click on jamesriverair.com. Right after the break, we talk some hokey sports, primarily football, maybe a little preseason basketball here. Mike Burnup will join us from the Virginia Tech Sports Network. Uh, the Hokies are actually off Saturday. They play next Thursday against Syracuse, so not the full two-week bye for them, but a good opportunity to take a little bit of a breath here and then get ready for, for the Cuse next Thursday. So we'll talk about what was really a good win over Wake Forest um, for Brent Prize's team. They've won two out of three now. And they get a chance to breathe a little bit and then get ready for for the orange next next Thursday night. So uh, Mike Burnham coming up here right after the break. We're open beyond that. 804-327-0888. Let's get a timeout here. And Mike Burnham next on the Sports Auto.
Five. Richmond football's back on the road this Saturday at North Carolina A&T. Coverage begins at 12:30. Kickoff at one on 106.1 ESPN. Well, our next guest on the Sports Huddle could actually tune into that game Saturday because he doesn't have a game of his own to do this Saturday. But we're going to catch up with him anyway. And for a guy who has called 500-plus straight games for Virginia Tech, probably the last thing he would want to do would be listen to another college football game on a Saturday afternoon. An amazing streak for an amazing guy. And he joins us on the Sports Huddle this afternoon as the Virginia Tech Hokies take a little bit of a breath with a week off before the Thursday night game at Lane Stadium again. Against Syracuse, and they do so on the heels of the win over Wake Forest. Two wins the past three games. Let's bring on Mike Burnup from the Virginia Tech Radio Network. Hello, my friend. How are you, Mike? Bob, I am doing well. How about yourself? Doing great. Congrats on that record, by the way. That's just absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. And yeah, I don't know how you I did. I had no idea. Yeah. I don't know how I did it either. I just <laughs> lucky and blessed, brother. That's all you can say. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. As a guy who's been around as long and has not come anywhere near that record, I am in absolute amazement and respect of you, Mike. So, uh, congrats <laughs> and just keep it going. Just, just uh, keep on going. Uh, yeah, I going. appreciate it, Bob. Sure thing. Hokies going pretty good right now. That's a that's a good win, right, Mike? I know Wake isn't as good as they've been the last few years, but uh, to beat them the way uh, the Hokies did and uh, hold them without an offensive touchdown, I know there's no Sam Hartman there anymore, but Dave Clawson always finds a way to get his offense going, and he didn't last week. What did you, what did you see? What did you like best out of that win? Well, I think the best thing was to see the defense, how well they played and got after them. You know, they've been criticized all year for giving up the big play and uh, the bad fits and the linebackers can't tackle and bad angles and gap integrity and so on and so forth. So, you know, that slow mesh is a different offense. And uh, But they were able to, to handle it, get after them, get a bunch of sacks and tackles for losses. And um, so that was great. I thought the defense just was real dialed in. Again, as you said, just gave up two field goals. And then the, uh, the continuing of the evolution of Kyron Drones. You know, he looked really, really good threw for over 300 yards and ran it well and made great decisions. He hadn't turned it over, you know, um, so I think he's been solid as well. Um, let's go bigger picture here over these last three games, and obviously there was the Florida State game sandwiched in the middle here, but the pit win probably looks a little better now after they knocked off Louisville and two out of three, you know, going to this little bit of a break. Has, has there been something that has changed here in the last few weeks that has Hokie fans even more hopeful as you move into the back end of your schedule? Well, I think, number one, playing at home in front of sellout crowds helps, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a great home environment, so that certainly has helped. Uh, Pitt, they kind of got after them as well. Uh, again, they're a different team, you know, without some of the better quarterbacks they've had in the past. And Djokovic, you know, the Hokies beat him around two years ago when he was here for Boston College. And then they beat him around this year uh, when he was with, uh, obviously, Pitt. And now he's a tight end. So, you know, it's kind of crazy. And then, you know, Wake Forest, they got after them too. And Florida State was just really good. I mean, that's a talented team. I'm I'm rooting for them. That's good for the ACC if they can run the table and be in the mix of that playoff situation because they are very talented, good quarterback, a lot of veterans, skilled people, good defense. And uh, so, you know, hopefully they can continue that on and uh, get right against Wake Forest because, or, uh, excuse me, Syracuse because they did not look very good against Florida State the other day, right? They were mm-hmm. pretty bad. Three points I think they managed. Yeah. 
Um, I, I guess there could be some thought process of, hey, we, you know, we've won a couple here in the last few, few weeks. Let's just keep it going. Um, and it's not the full buy because you're playing on Thursday as opposed to having that two-week window there. But what do you think they use this time for uh, in addition to just getting ready for Syracuse, just more bigger picture things of improvement for the Hokies? Yeah, I mean, those seven straight weeks are tough because they've had guys banged up since game one. Uh, and so, you know, I think it came at a good time even though – you know, you never wonder, you always wonder, I guess, uh, how they're going to come out. Like Marshall came out after their open date against the Hokies, and they were sluggish and didn't play well in the first quarter. Clark State came out and put up 22 points after their open date, right, mm-hmm. against the Hokies. So you just never know. It's all about the mindset that you're in. But I think, you know, when you go and think about Thursday nights, put Virginia Tech on the map, I think they'll be ready to go against Syracuse. Uh, what they've been working on this week is uh, been out on the road recruiting, and they've worked with the younger guys, the veterans uh, <clears throat> on this team. And I say that kind of loosely because mostly it's the portal guys because they got 50 <laughs> freshmen on this team. Ooh. They did a lot of extra work with those guys, just individual drills, scrimmaging, uh, that sort of stuff, and uh, just try to get them more up to speed in case their number gets called here later in the season. Mike, that's a fascinating conversation. And I should have known that, I guess I didn't, but they literally have 50 freshman on this roster isn't that amazing yeah i mean they went to the portal and got 13 or so but and every one of them has like been really really good playing and contributing you know jennings gets hurt but uh, mm-hmm. here's here's an even crazier one bob the 19 touchdowns that the Hokies had scored i think at some point here or last week or something all 19 of them were scored by people from the portal how about wow. that well, that's that a sign of that is a sign of the times. Uh, in some ways, unfortunately, in other ways, good. It's giving guys opportunity to to find a home and and do well. But but if you have all those younger guys in this day and age, Mike, what do you think is the expectation? You know, you want them all to be there. You want them all to stay, however long, three or four or five years, that that they can keep the majority of that group together, knowing what's going on out there in the college landscape. Well, it'll be difficult, no doubt. I mean, they'll have to go to the portal and replace guys that are graduating this year and guys mm-hmm. that are in the portal that came from the portal that are done eligibility as well. <clears throat> but, you know, I do know that Brent Price big on that. You know, recruit these players in the state, develop them. You know, in three or four years, they're going to be really good players. Mm-hmm. I think that's what he's hoping. But, you know, it is. I mean, the guys that aren't going to get the playing time are going to leave. And I'll still go back and say, you know, when you think about all the players that have left over all the years, I think the one person, the one dude, the one guy that bettered himself was Hendon Hooker. You yeah. know, most of them end up going to smaller schools, maybe not even a power five. A lot of them fall off the map and you never hear from them or see them again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, retention is going to be the next buzzword in college football. <laughs> and that's yeah. coaches saying, we got to retain these guys now that we got them. You know, we're going to take some more from the portal, but we're keeping them now. They got to find ways, and NIL and all that will help. Uh, keep them and playing time will, will certainly help you. That that's a fascinating angle uh, to this year's tech team and the program right now under Brent Prize leadership. Yeah. You, and you know the other thing too, Bob, when you talk about that, it's like guys like Monsoor Delane that are playing really well defensive back. I mean, they were after him last year. Other schools were, and so not only do you kind of got to deal with that stuff, you got to deal with the ones that are here, the people are trying to steal. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it never ends. And I was just thinking about that, Mike, and I know coaches 
have done this before, but with the transfer portal and the freedom of movement the way it is now, that coaches, when they lose one, right, out of high school maybe, you know, it's tough on them, but they've got to remain pretty upstanding, maybe stay in touch with that kid, you know, maybe stay positive with that kid, you know, just in case that in a year that kid – doesn't like where he is and goes, oh, wait a minute. Coach Bryan, his staff, they were they were really upstanding to me, even though I committed to another school, that they could get him, you know, on the second go-around, right? Absolutely, you're correct, because that was a situation here the other day when they had all these recruits in for the Wake Forest game. There were like 75 or 80 recruits in, and a lot of those kids were already committed to other schools, but yet they're here on a visit. Same thing they did against Pitt when they had over 100. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. And you go back to Allie Jennings, right? He didn't get recruited here by the previous administration, and he always wanted to be a Hokie. Mm-hmm. So he ends up at two different places, transfers in from Old Dominion, and, you know, he's going to be a player. Obviously, he got hurt, but uh, you could tell how valuable that guy was. <laughs> Crazy times, Mike. I mean, you, you, yeah. think back, you think back to your playing days. I mean, oh. how, how, how many schools would you have gone to, Mike? Come on now. <laughs> how crazy is that? There's all money there to give me, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. For sure. Uh, that's a popular refrain. No, you Jersey nailed it. Right? And yep, yep. <laughs> See, you could survive in this era. You could be playing in this era, Mike. Um, Mike uh, Bart of Virginia so Tech. Radio Network with us, having a good time with some conversation. We've gone down different roads here today. I wasn't really expecting to, but it's kind of interesting. Uh, you, you mentioned, you know, obviously they've gotten better because they've won some home games here as well. What do you think Thursday night will be like? This has always been a signature, as you mentioned, of Lane Stadium and Blacksburg. Will it, will it be like that next Thursday night for Syracuse? I think it will, and I think, you know, when you look at the Dino Babers' team, they're struggling. Mm-hmm. You know, they got off to that big start like they seem like they always do every year. You know, they're 4-0 against some inferior competition, although they did beat Purdue on the road. But then you turn around, and they, you know, they haven't scored but three points against Florida State, and they didn't do very well in the other two ACC games. So I think they're at kind of a low right now. And I think the Blacksburg and Lane Stadium is going to be electric, and they'll have a great atmosphere, and I think they'll get after them. Um, so let me finish up on the football front. Maybe we'll finish with a couple minutes on basketball because it's coming. Yeah. It's coming pretty quickly, as a matter of fact. I know ACC media days are next next week, as a matter of fact. But um, you know, can you look at the back end of the schedule, Mike? And coaches cringe at all this, but we love doing it. Uh, broadcasters, talk show hosts, fans. You look at the back end of the schedule, and and you know, there's a there's a path here to a bowl game for Virginia Tech, isn't there? Oh, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, I think you look at the toughest game on the schedule that was left, obviously, it was Louisville, Louisville on yeah. the road. And then they go lay an egg, right? How in the world does that happen? I mean, mm-hmm. that pit team starting a new quarterback and down as they were and bad as they looked, I don't get it. I mean, it's just crazy out there where kids are. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, certainly you can. You can think about that. I mean, those teams are struggling at the end of the season. And, you know, NC State hasn't looked good. That thing hadn't worked out with Brennan Armstrong back with Robert and I. And they didn't put up very many points last week. And, you know, B.C. and Virginia are struggling. So, yeah, I think they could get to six, no doubt. Interesting stuff. Yeah, I, I definitely think they could get to that, maybe, maybe even a little bit more. So hopefully they're using this, uh, you know, three-quarters of a bye here and be ready to go for Syracuse on next next Thursday night at Lane Stadium. All right, I mentioned next week is uh, ACC Basketball Media Day, so we know the season is right around the corner. What are these uh, what are these Hokies going to look like for, for Mike Young this year? Um Mike, I mean, obviously you got Couture back, right? You got Padula back. Uh, Rodney Rice will have a full year. Uh, what do you, What do you think? I think they got a chance to be good. You know, coach is high on him. He says he's got more depth 
uh, and he's got more height than he's ever had. So I think that's certainly uh, promising. Uh, they had a scrimmage the other day against Liberty, and you know they're a work in progress like most teams are at this time of year. And I think they're coming down to see you guys uh, this yep. next weekend. Next week, yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So unfortunately, I won't make that one, but uh, maybe you will, and kind of see for yourself. But I, I think they got a chance to be okay. You know, you got to stay healthy. We saw that last year, and these younger kids that um, are, are seem like they're pretty good. And I think Tyler Nickel, you know, the transfer from mm-hmm. Carolina, looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that um, Robbie Brand, you know, the Northwestern kid, yep. he's a he's a tough guy that'll help on the defensive end, as will Makai Long from Old Dominion. So, I think uh, they got a chance to be okay. You know, you just got to stay healthy and get a few breaks. Looking forward to it, that's for sure. Yeah. It'll be here. Be, it'll be here before we know it. About a little less than three weeks, and we'll have what we that all love that season. exactly that crossover <laughs> season football and and men's basketball. Bring it on for all of us, Mike. Enjoy some time off here. Rest up and have a great uh, great stretch run to the football season. Okay, sounds good, Bob. Good to talk to you. Hope you guys finish strong too. Thank you, Mike. Mike Burnup, Virginia Tech uh, Sports Network. He'll be on the call for all of those games for the Hokies. You you know that. And I was just scrolling through their basketball roster, and he's right about the guys they've got. And if he can get them playing on the same page, again, he's got some transfers, as everybody does, uh, but he does have the veteran backcourt. And I think if you have a veteran backcourt, you know, and he does with Couture and, and Padula, um, you know, and Rice played some last year, he'll be better. This year and long from Old Dominion, he mentioned up front. Uh, they've got they they got a chance to be decent. I think it's going to be a pretty good ACC this year. Actually, I'm already uh, we'll, excited for basketball. It, me too. I, I I'm saying that today, although I will cringe here in about a week or so when it is that crossover season because it does get challenging with all the games that we're going to have. Bad news, good news for me and the Richmond schedule uh, for football. The bye week comes so late for the Spiders this year. It's not until after next week's game, so it's actually the first weekend in November. So the Spiders will have gone nine straight weeks before the bye week, which has been tough, but they have a they, they have a path to surviving that with these next two games at North Carolina A&T Saturday, which has not had a good year, and then homecoming against a better-than-advertised Campbell team. They're going to be a good team coming in to Robin Stadium, but it's homecoming on their home turf, all of that, uh, Hall of Fame weekend. Yeah, so there's a path there to get the next two and then get their bye week before the, the end two games of the season. It'll be critically important. But my point being here, that bye week comes right in front of the start of college basketball. So at least from yours truly's perspective, only have basketball to look at for that week while football is on the bye week. So I'm so glad uh, those kids had to suffer a war of attrition so you have an easy week. <laughs> well, I wasn't advocating it. I'm just saying that that's what it is. It's I can't change it, AJ, you know? I, I looked at that schedule and my first thought was, Oh my goodness. You know, nine straight weeks, how are we gonna deal with this? And so far they've you know, they've handled all these injuries and they're still got their head above water. So that's something I'll bring up with Coach Usman tomorrow because kudos to them because uh, coaches say this all the time and I would agree with it. So they've played seven games already and they got two more to go. Right before the bye. So that's nine. And it was emotional. It wasn't just physical, an emotional seven, eight games. Absolutely. And then not only that, but add the four weeks that they're here in preseason camp, right? I mean, they're going every day in August. That's 13 straight weeks of football without really a break. Um, 
you know, that's a long stretch. Sounds like they're playing like real men. They are playing like real men. And if they can find a way to get these next two, it's going to make the last two really important. So that's the carrot dangling out in front of them. But, yes, crossover season is upon us. Football, basketball, both going at the same time as we flip that calendar into November here in a couple of weeks. Uh, we're going to hit pause. We'll take a break. Bottom of the hour. Got a half hour to go. 804-327-0888-327-0888 on the air or to text us to the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. Big Al doesn't care how the duck is prepped. I don't care if he eats raw duck. Or what anyone thinks. I don't care about what he thinks. But he does care about what you do from 8 to 10 weekday mornings. So spend that time with him on 1061 ESPN. All right, I think we got him lined up and ready to go. Hopefully for the entire what's left of this half hour to finish up the show for today and for the week. No show tomorrow. Baseball in the afternoon. No show Friday on the road. Getting ready for Richmond football. Reggie, that's Richmond football at North Carolina A&T Saturday. I am fired up and ready for it. Reggie apparently is not, though. Hello, Reggie. Go ahead. Well, maybe not for Reggie. Try now, Reggie. Sorry about that. How about now, Reggie? Well, let's go to Roger. Roger that. Roger, you're on the sports huddle. Yeah, hello, Roger. You're up. I have a question for you. Why would any owner or any coach would want James Harden. <laughs> AJ said the same thing, and I think he's right. I don't know why. We're trying to run him out of Philadelphia on the next subway or whatever. Well, to me, he's just been a cancer mm-hmm. for every team he's been on. I mean, he was so bad with Brooklyn that Steve Nash developed a drinking problem. Oh. Um, oh, I mean, he's just, especially for the type of money that he's commanding, I would just cut him loose. Yeah. They'll, and, they'll... and he's a cancer to the younger guys that's on the team. You don't want him to make, you know, Maxie or Milton or the other young guys on the team. You, you don't need those guys around somebody like him. Yeah. And, and hang on there, Roger. I think that's probably Reggie's line there. Um and you got a new coach, too, right? Now, I know he's been around a little bit, but he, he needs to make a good first impression, and he needs things to, to run his way and smoothly, and Harden's not helping him at all. No, no. I really would hope Philly would just, honestly, well, you probably can't cut him because of his salary, but, I mean, if he's not going to play, you might as well cut him. Yeah, I know. They're they're in a bind here. They're in a they're in a tough spot, but they need to get rid of him. They they need to find a way. He's played his he's played his last game in a Sixers uniform, and like you said, I don't know who's going to win baseball. Yep, they are. And um, I, I just wish you guys well because it's very exciting to watch them. I mean, they hit the cover off the ball right now. So. They sure are, and they're pitching it great. I think that's gotten lost in the shuffle, but their pitching has been outstanding. Uh, starters and relievers. Oh, yeah. It really has. Yep. yep. All, All right. right. Well, 
We're on the same page there, Roger. No James Harden. Get rid of him. Take take him anywhere else. Doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Put him with Kyrie Irving. <laughs> yeah, they deserve each other, right? <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah, let Mark Cuban deal with the heading. Yep. There you go. Uh, uh, Roger, right, well, you guys take care. Yeah, appreciate you chiming in there, Roger. Thank you. All right, five forty-one on the uh, sports huddle. Did we like? Did we? Oh, we got Reggie back. Oh, that's great. We'll go into the break here uh, with you, Reggie. Thank you for your uh, perseverance here and getting on, Reg. How are you? Tatum Town Bob. How do you feel, young man? Talk I'm feeling, to me, Bob. Talk to me. <laughs> can't feel much better, Reggie. Up two nothing. Gotta love it. Two nothing off a of ten nothing. Was coming out last night. You had some big number. I thought I was watching the Bugs Bunny um baseball <laughs> dun, 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 dun 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 The number was coming there. Y'all was knocking the cover off the ball. Sure was. And then the pitching was firing it right by him, man. It was great. Very relaxing. Who's the left-hander that came in in relief in the eighth inning? Matt Strom, the long-haired guy? <laughs> yeah. Looked like yeah. the Beatles. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> he had me worried a little bit. A little bit. He, <laughs> he was like Regal Star a little bit. Yeah, he, he, was, he was not overly sharp, but uh, he got through that inning, and then the youngster, the young, the young uh, stud, the guy who's going to be their savior for the next ten years, got to pitch the ninth, Orion Kirkering. Remember that name? Now, who was – who was the young man that started out in single A and now that's him. Playoffs? That's who I'm talking oh, that's about. Him? Yeah, Orion okay, Kirkery. Okay. He he pitched at like okay. five di- five different levels this year: low A, high A, double A, triple A, major leagues. Amazing story. Man. Now he's going to the World Series. Real quick, Bob, come on, give me a scout report on A and T. Come on now, give me a scout report. You got the coaches show tomorrow. What are you going to talk about tomorrow on the coaches show? Well, I'm going to get the scouting report from the coach tomorrow. That's what's going to happen. I, <laughs> hey, I, I will tell you this. I, I am starting to learn some things about A&T as we speak, but I am actually, Reggie, you'll love me for this. I'm on a podcast. Okay. I'm on a podcast tonight for North Carolina A&T. Um, BlueDeathValley.com. Death, Blue 8 o'clock I'm tonight. Impressed. With Samaj Marsh is the host of the podcast, BlueDeathValley.com. And he asked me to come on to talk some spider football with him on the North Carolina A&T live podcast tonight. Well, you the man. Like I said, remember my man Donald Ware, Press Box and Press Row. He shows on ESPN, and he's the voice of A&T. So when you go down and see him, tell him I say hello. I will. I will. And I'll report back to you on the podcast next week sometime. When I report back to you on the game and the band and all the festivities down there. Paddle Town Bob. There you go. <laughs> Get me there, Reggie. Get me there. We're six away, Reggie. Six away. All right, Reg, thanks. Um, all right, let's get one more in here before the break. Uh, since Roger brought up James Harden, we might as well go to our, our guy, to our source. Uh, NBA Association, Bruce. Good evening, Bruce. Hey, good evening, Bob. AJ, thanks for the call, man. But let, no, let me, thank let you, me, Bruce. <laughs> let, let me bring some clarification, if you will. Uh, I would agree with the concerns of, of James Harden to any team, and, and maybe he should be moved. But if you flip that coin, if you flip that coin, the one thing that you can get, if you can get his buy-in, and I think Nick Nurse is a coach who can do such, 
you can get a leading assist man in the league as he has been the last two years. So, you know, it, it, it's a trade, guys, it's, it's, and it's a compromising trade. But, you know, buckets are what wins games. And if you can get a point who can distribute and who can run an offense, it's, it's almost a, a, the headache that you have to deal with in the association. So maybe that's the, that's the if you will, the reason to keep him around. You know, I, I agree. I mean, Matt Joseph said this, and several of my other buddies told me when he came from Brooklyn. It was the worst move that Philly had made, even with the missing of Jason Tatum, the drafting of the young kid out of Washington. You know, we've just made a mess of things over the last six or seven years. But they all agreed that bringing in, and with Ben Simmons, of course, but they all agreed bringing in Harden was was sort of a bad move. We got to live with it, guys. We got to live with it. Well, for now, we'll see what we can get in return. Probably not much, right? And, Bob, I'm smiling just as much as you because next Tuesday we kick off the association, and I'll leave you with this quick comment. There is so much parity in the association this year. Guys, we're not talking about the New Orleans Pelicans, but watch out for that team in the West with a healthy Zion Williams. I agree with you on that one. I would like to see that happen. You've been on their bandwagon for a while now. Let's go with it. Let's see what's going to happen, guys. All right. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, All right. Thank hey, you. Brother. Thank you, Bruce. He, he brought everybody down a notch there. That's okay. But they'll get they'll get rid of Harden. Doesn't matter what they get for him. Be subtra- addition by subtraction, and the Sixers will be better off for, for all of that. All right. Uh, One more segment. Let's get this final break in here. We caught up. AJ got me back in line, and we're ready to roll. Take you up to the top of the hour. Got the American League Championship Series game tonight, 730 airtime from ESPN Radio. Uh, Rangers up two games to none. They're home in Arlington. That joint should be jumping uh, tonight. Max Scherzer getting the ball for the Rangers tonight. See if the Astros can get back in this series. We'll get back right after the break. 1061 ESPN. Looking for compassion? You may have come to the wrong place. Matt Josephs isn't mincing words. He's a coward. We can no longer call him Riverboat Ron. And while he may believe in luck... Of course, there are things that you got lucky about. He's here to tell you what you need to hear. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 4 on 1061 ESPN Richmond. Well, this is it for me for the week for the Sports Huddle. Be on at noon tomorrow with uh, Behind the Web from the Brass Tap. Rumor mill has it uh, we're actually going to let AJ out of the producer's room, and he might make an appearance over there. So that's worth the price of coming for lunch in and of itself tomorrow. Jeremiah Grant, Spider Defensive End, three quarterback sacks, and the win over Rhode Island is our guest with Coach Usman tomorrow noon to 1 here on 106.1 ESPN. But we'd love to have you come out there and have lunch with us. Great place, the Brass Tap, Libby Mill, Midtown, uh, right off of Broad and Staples Mill. And that um, Cajun burger is the best Cajun burger I've ever ate anywhere. Wow. Even if your English wasn't great there, I get the gist. I might try that. I haven't had that. I love Cajun. I have not had that yet. Now you got me some, looking forward to something even more than just spider football tomorrow. Good for you, AJ. Look forward to seeing you out there. Um, 
this weekend, college football, uh, a couple big games, one in the ACC. I don't know if it is or it isn't, but you got 16th-ranked Duke. See what they can do with Florida State. Uh, Seminoles will be prohibitive favorites, 14-and-a-half in that game down there in Tallahassee. I think it may even be homecoming for Florida State. Wow, that's a tough one for Duke. I don't think they're going to have Riley Leonard again this week coming back from that high ankle sprain that happened at the end of the Notre Dame game at uh, at Duke three weeks ago, I guess. Uh, the big one tomorrow, uh, Saturday. I love this. This is refreshing also. We don't have to wait around until 8 o'clock Saturday night. Now, I'm not going to be able to watch it because of this, but the noon game is Penn State, Ohio State. The high noon game on Fox, number three Ohio State, in the shoe, in the horseshoe, against number seven Penn State. Both unbeaten overall, both unbeaten in the Big Ten. That is one of the monumental clashes of the weekend and the season. Ohio State's about a a four-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Virginia off of the bye week is at Carolina. Um, This would be a sucker bet for me. And I don't bet, obviously, right? But Caroline is a 23-and-a-half-point favorite. My heart, my Virginia uh, connections are telling me, take the Cavaliers and the points. But what do I know? Will Carolina really beat UVA by 24? I guess it's possible. They are 6-0 and after all. They are 10th in the country. Virginia really hasn't beaten an FBS team yet this year. Just that win over William Mary. I'm kind of talking myself out of this right now. But, yeah, Carolina, 23-and-a-half-point favorite against UVA. That's the uh, 6.30 game Saturday night. And then uh, a couple of the others matching top 20 teams, Tennessee and Alabama down there at Bryant-Denny Stadium in Tuscaloosa. I think there's a West Coast matchup of top. Yeah, Utah and USC is the 8 o'clock game on Fox Saturday night. So lots of good college football coming up Saturday. Commanders and Giants on Sunday. Commanders should get that one on the road. We'll wrap up all of this, plus the baseball, the Spiders, JMU from tomorrow night uh, on our Monday mashup edition of the Sports Auto coming up on Monday. Again, hope to see the brass tap. Come on, have lunch with us tomorrow at noon. Talk some spider football. And then I've got Richmond's game against North Carolina A&T. Saturday, 1230 is our airtime from down there in Greensboro. Thanks to Mike Burnup, our guest today from the Virginia Tech Radio Network. AJ, as always, tip of the cap to you. See you for lunch tomorrow. And we'll talk to you Monday with the next Sports Huddle right here on 1061 ESPN. When flying out of Richmond, just park.